Welcome to the Drink Less, Live More podcast. If you are a woman that is wanting to evaluate your relationship with alcohol, you come to the right place. There are no hard and fast rules and you don't have to call yourself anything. You're just a woman that knows something isn't working for her and you are wanting to make an intentional change. I'm Rachel Pritz and I'll walk alongside you as you learn to drink less and live more. Let's go. Welcome back to the series on quitting other things than just alcohol. And today's episode is really about quitting diet culture. And I'm going to likely get emotional in this one because it's really been a struggle point for me throughout my life. Um, So before I jump into that, I do want to remind everyone about the 14-day break from booze, which is live and... You can join it at any time and start the 14 days at your own pace and work through just taking a break from from alcohol. So I will give you just some little five-minute audio clips, some worksheets and visual guides that you can take a peek at just to help keep you motivated, educated, um, and also just to help coach you through that 14 days. So you can do anything for 14 days. We really can. Um, and so I've just, all I ask is that we're curious about it and that we run this little experiment on us, um, regardless of outcome. So we're not focused on the outcome right now. We're just focused on, um, taking the break from booze and, and, you know, uh, moving day to day through the next two weeks. So look for that. And then also if you missed previous episodes and my announcement that my, uh, Drink Less, Live More program has had a price reduction. You can take a peek at that. Uh, There's a link in the show notes, but then also on my website at rachelpritz.com. So let's jump into quitting diet culture. And I'm going to tell you that this is actually really related to alcohol. So body shame is something that I have experienced since I was about 12. And it's a horrible feeling. Um, Shame in general is a horrible feeling. But to feel shame around this body that you've been put in that is really a vessel. It's not who you are, but it is such a big part of what the external world sees. And so I really didn't experience shame with my body when I was a younger child. I could care less. I was just running around doing all the things I wanted to do, having fun. And then I was around 12 years old and I was the youngest in my family. So I had an older sister and an older brother. And so my older sister was, you know, in high school at that point. And so she was, uh, you know, getting magazines like Cosmo and, you know, all these things that all the girls were reading. And so I got exposed to some of that a little earlier on than maybe some other girls did But I was driving up to the lake with my grandma and I had swiped my sister's Cosmo as sisters do. And I think it was new and I took it up to the lake, which that means she didn't have access to it, which is just a real dick move, you know, as a sister. But this this is the stuff we do. So we're driving up to the lake and I remember just reading some of the articles and I open up, you know, one of the pages and it says, do you have a thigh gap? And it shows this model with a clear thigh gap. I could have thrown like a freaking football through this thing. And I have shorts on because it's summertime and we're going up to the lake. And I look down and sure enough, I don't have a thigh gap. Even when I stand up, I don't have a thigh gap. And so that was the beginning 
of the message that I should have a thigh gap. That is what is desired. And when you read that magazine, it was all about having a body that men wanted. Like it wasn't about having a body that you loved and that was strong and healthy had nothing to do with that. Now we've come a long way there, but there's still a lot of crap out there that I see where I'm like, Oh Lord, I hope to God, my daughter never sees that. And so, um, you know, that was just sort of what it was. Like we were all just, you know, trying to create a body that men would desire. Like, of course, cause that's the only you know reason to exist as a woman. So I started my first diet around 12. My mom was always on diet still to this day is always on diets. Mom, if you're listening, no shame or shade, but this is like the 700th time you've done Weight Watchers. And the interesting thing is my mom's never been overweight. So it's just fascinating to me how we start these diets um, so many times. And so I, you know, saw that behavior and I also did the same thing because I thought, well, that makes sense. You know, if I want to have a thigh gap, I'm going to have to lose some weight and that means I need to restrict my calories. So I had done everything, you know, I had found cabbage soup diets in magazines and told my mom I wanted to do those and we did them together and you know, all these things. Quite frankly, none of them ever yielded long-term results because they don't. And so any, I I have yet to find a, a diet or anyone who has been on a quote unquote diet versus just a healthy living style that has ever sustained long-term results. It just doesn't work. So they may lose some weight and then back to old habits, lose some weight back to old habits. Why I think that is, is because we haven't solved the root cause of the problem. And this is true with alcohol use too. And I really believe the root cause of the problem is shame and beating ourselves up, and lack of self-love and self-compassion. I think for alcohol and for food, that is applicable. So when I started to really learn to love my body and to not put my self-worth in what the scale said, I do not weigh myself. I have not weighed myself in a couple of years. My doctor makes me, which pisses me off, to be honest, and I have said so. Um, I haven't seen any change yet, but weight is such a poor measurement for health. So is BMI it's poor measurement of health. And so, you know, for me, somebody who struggles with perfectionism and with, you know, body image issues to stand on a scale and see that I'm two pounds heavier is actually meaningful to me that can derail my day. So I don't want to do it. Like I don't like the next day I'll be two pounds lighter. Who cares? Like, what are we measuring here? So I currently measure my own energy level, um, how I feel, um, you know, just how strong I feel in my body. Am I getting the right amount of exercise? Am I feeding my body with foods that would equal love, you know? And so those are sort of the, the measurements of success for me now. I have not been on a official diet for several years. Um, I can still get pulled back into this crap where somebody's like, Oh, I'm going to doing whole 30. And I'm like, Oh, maybe I should do whole 30 again. Then I'm like, no, Rachel, stop it. Like, stop it. You, um, you don't do well with these things. Like they don't, they never serve you in the long run. So I still will, you know, find myself kind of going towards that, but I pull myself back out of it. So I haven't done a diet in a couple of years. I am in the best shape I've been in, in a long time. I feel like I have the most energy that I've had in a long time. Um, so yeah, so I think it's working, you know, I mean, that's why I keep doing it. I was miserable in, the diet culture and in the shame cycle of I'm a failure. I didn't do the thing I said I was going to do. I gained a pound, even though I did all the right things. How is that possible? 
So I just, I, I just realized that I needed to stop that cycle. And that was how I stopped it was by just not doing the diet and listening to my body. That has been such a huge part of my journey just in general with life. Like if your body is telling you it's a full body, yes, do the thing. Like if your body can't sit still and it jumps up to say yes to something, that is something you should be saying yes to. And so our bodies give us all this information that we just ignore. And when it comes to alcohol and incorporating alcohol back into my life, that has been a huge part of the journey is trusting my body. Sometimes a glass of wine will hit differently than other times. So I have to be able to trust what my body's telling me if I'm starting to feel like, oh, I'm losing some of my clarity here or my ability to articulate something. It's time to stop. Done. Switch to non-alcoholic. So learning to trust my body with what it needs and listening to her has been a huge journey for me. Now, most people, because I work with a lot of clients on this, and honestly, you know, I've worked with CEOs. I've worked with some badass women in groups of people. And when we get to body image, there are tears around the room. I mean, everywhere. There are these badasses that are doing amazing things in the world. And we bring a body image and boom, they are in this shame cycle. They are tearing up. It's emotional for them. And it's one thing that really holds them back to carry this with them. And so it's so interesting to me to work with clients one-on-one on this because all I keep asking is, you know, well, what if you just stopped the diet culture? What if you just stopped, like, stop doing a diet? Just don't do it. And there is this intense fear on the other side of that, that, no, I'm going to gain a ton of weight. I'm going to be completely complacent. I'm never going to exercise. And it is not true. So if you practice self-love and self-compassion versus the, you know, depriving yourself and beating yourself up and feeling like you have to suffer through this, if you practice self-compassion and self-love, you will get the results you want. I promise. If you're really doing it, it will work. It works. I've put it into practice in my own life. It works. And those times that I feel myself get sucked back into that shame cycle, because it does still happen, I learned to pull myself out sooner and sooner every time, but I also run to junk food and run to alcohol and run to all the things that are bad for me because my gosh, I'm telling myself I'm a piece of crap. Why wouldn't I treat myself like a piece of crap? So self-love, self-compassion is such a huge component to quitting diet culture, loving your body, and also quitting drinking alcohol. So if you are getting ready to start another diet or you're thinking, oh, I'll wait till the beginning of the year and start this diet, uh, I just want you to pause and ask yourself if this particular diet or this thing that you want to do or dieting in general has ever gotten you long-term results that you're happy with. When I'm saying long-term, I'm saying it's sustainable forever. And if the answer is no, I just ask you to try something different. I have actually been considering adding in because I'm just so passionate about this particular side of things, the shame and body image issues that we all carry. I really think it holds back so many women. Like I could have been the fricking president of the United States if I didn't carry this with me. And so I've really thought about creating, um, uh, a diet culture or, you know, body image side of my business. That's would be similar to the drink less, live more. 
but it's more around creating self-love um, and, and self-compassion for our bodies, learning to listen to our bodies and um, really honoring our bodies, honestly. So when you love your body, you don't put shit in it. It's true. You don't put alcohol in it. You don't put, or at least not excessive amounts of alcohol. Um, you don't put junk food in it. You just don't. So I'm thinking about that. Anyway, I would love to hear from all of you if you're listening to this and you're like, yes, I want that. That would be amazing. Um, because I would love to commit some energy to that. It's, it's definitely an area that I'm nudged towards. You know, it's interesting when you evolve past a challenge. So like evolving past the alcohol challenge, for example, and creating such a great relationship with alcohol, the one that I really wanted, you know, I start to think about, okay, so I've, I've, you know, overcome that issue or conquered that issue, not without work. It's still like, there's still a lot of work going on to, you know, maintain that. Um, but you kind of move to the next thing that maybe you're like, oh, that thing is still there. And so, you know, that is in the back of my mind. So I, I love supporting, you know, women through both of those things. So Anyway, um, diet culture, you know, see how you can challenge this. And just like all I said, ask yourself if your current path is working, if there's intense fear about stopping doing a diet because you're going to get massively huge. If you're practicing self-compassion and self-love, it won't happen. I promise. Come back to me and tell me your results because it will not happen if you really are practicing those, those two things. Self-awareness is another huge piece. The Enneagram really helped me to understand when I was trying to check out in them, both with food and alcohol. So they're so intertwined, so interrelated. I'm not an expert on either of them. These are my experiences. And every time I talk about these experiences out loud, so many women and men are shaking their heads in the audience. So I know that I'm not alone here. And I do think we learn a lot from experience of others. Um, and it's hopeful just to know that we are not alone and you are not alone. So uh, come back for next week as we continue this series. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you can be reminded of new episodes. This is not intended to be medical advice. This is for gray area drinkers that are wanting to evaluate their relationship with alcohol and cut back or quit altogether. If alcohol isn't ruining your life, but it's certainly not making it any better, you're in the right place.